This is for my dreamers, doers, and audacious entrepreneurs. For those who want to wake up every day and be in love with the career you've created for yourself. This is for you. This is for us. This is the Forever Fun Employee Podcast with me, Jana Hall. Hello, Fun Employed friends. You are listening to another episode of the Forever Fun Employed podcast. I'm your host, Jana Hall. And today, it's not Thursday, but we're throwing it back to last week. My client, my fiduciary advisor, held a wind down Wednesday, and the topic was side hustles, growing it, evolving it, starting it. And we were graced with two amazing entrepreneurs, um, Nicholas Bailey from Nick Says Go and Melissa Chanel from MelissaChanel.com. And they dropped so many gems about how they started their business, gave advice to other people who are starting businesses, really brought us into their journey. And it was an amazing conversation. And so many of you all wanted to tune in, you weren't able to make it. So I figured what better place to replay the conversation than right here on the Forever Fun Employed podcast. It's a good one. It's a great one, actually. So many gems were dropped, um, and we had so many questions from our audience. And so, um, yeah, I'm going to jump right into it. I'm excited for you all to listen. I'm excited for you all to get all the information you need to go out into this world and do some great stuff with your business, even if you have a full-time job. Uh, it is possible to grow your side hustle into something that is a thriving business. And these two amazing entrepreneurs are shining examples of that. So I had to have them on the panel. And of course, I had to share them with you all today. So um, enjoy. I'm excited for you all to listen. So welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining tonight. My Fiduciary Advisors presents Wind Down Wednesday. The topic is managing a side hustle. And um, for those who aren't familiar with my fiduciary advisors, we are a, a basically a millennial financial firm that works with um, you know our generation to make sure that we are on the path to financial success, whether it's paying off student loan debt, figuring out credit, um, buying a home. I mean, you name it, anything dealing with finances, my fiduciary advisors has a great team of advisors who works with us to make sure that we're setting ourselves up for success. I know a lot of us, may not come from backgrounds where we, you know, had a lot of financial um, financial literacy help. And so, you know, it's really important that we do, you know, do the work to learn and get ourselves on the right path and, and really set and reach these financial goals we have for ourselves. And so Aaron Smith is a president um, and he has a wealth of knowledge for you all. Um, and, you know, he's, he's a great leader of this, of this company and, um, and has really, you know, helped not just millennials, but he's been running A.W. Smith Financial for over 20 years, um, helping uh, our, our parents and grandparents, uh, you know, reach uh, financial freedom and, and be financially empowered as well. So this is um, a series that happens the second Wednesday of every month. Uh, the topics vary based on, um, you know, what's relevant to millennials. And, you know, right now, definitely side hustles is where it's at. We're all thinking about how we can make more money, how we can find ways to, you know, really monetize our passions and get creative and just and really kind of take control of our 
um, professional professional careers. And so, you know, just because you have a full-time job doesn't mean you can't pursue something that you're passionate about, doesn't mean you can't build an empire of your own. And so that's why we wanted to, to take December to, to focus on um, side hustles. So my name is Jana Hall. I'm the founder and CEO of Leap Innovative Group, which is a creative marketing agency based here in Richmond. Um, and I also run um, a platform called Forever Fun Employed, the Forever Fun Employed podcast, helping uh, helping all of us kind of get in the driver's seat of our professional career. So this was kind of a great marriage of our two businesses to, to make bring this series to life. Um, and I'm so excited to welcome, of course, our panelists who you all are familiar with, Nathan McKenzie and Shanika McLeod. Uh, they are the advisors who work with you all when you set up consultations with my fiduciary advisors. These are the great people you'll be talking with to set and reach your goals. Um, but we have two special guests today, Melissa Chanel and Nicholas Bailey, both of whom have full-time jobs, but have also been able to build thriving, thriving businesses as their side hustle, which um, could really be a, a full-time job with the way they've grown them over the years. So um, enough about me. We'll go ahead and jump right in if we can do some introductions with Melissa and Nicholas. And um, like I said before, this is an open forum. We have, you know, we can't see or hear you all. So if you have any questions, please um, use, utilize the Q&A feature. We have some pre-planned questions, but of course, because you all are here, we wanna prioritize yours. So if you do have any questions, drop them in the chat, drop them in the Q&A and I'll be sure to get to them. Um, and if you do have a longer question, I can unmute you so you can um, talk directly, but um, let's jump right in. I just realized that I'm still sharing my screen. So uh... <laughs> we can start with you. I'm sorry. Sorry, you went out for a second. Who did you say? You're good now, Janet. Okay, I'm sorry. So we're gonna start with you, Melissa, uh, with your introduction. Just let the people know who you are and and uh, we'll get started with you and then we'll, we'll move to Nick. Okay, yep. So I'm Melissa, Melissa Chanel um, on the webs, the interwebs and everywhere. Um, I'm a blogger, influencer, whatever you wanna call us these days. I started about, oh, next, next July will be 10 years. Um, I started my blog as something just fun to do something creatively after college in 2008, after graduating in 2008. Um, it was hard to find a job in my field, which was public relations. I wanted to keep my writing sharp. I would get messages all the time from friends, family members, people I went to college with, as strangers ask about like, oh, does outfit look cute for a date night? Does this look nice? What can I use on my hair? So. One of my friends was like, you should just start a blog and send people there. Um, and that's what I did after a year, probably a year of blogging, a natural hair brand reached out to me to actually pay me for work. I had no idea what to ask for my rate. And I was like, what is a rate? Like no idea what that was. Um, so through a lot of research, I was able to build my brand, which is now a lifestyle platform where I talk about everything from Sneakers, beauty, travel, home decor, all things Melissa Chanel. Um, and from that, uh, Kicks and Froze came about, which is another side hustle of mine. And it's a platform for women who love sneakers, who are part of the sneaker community. Um, and show we share inspiration and fun um, quotes or women in sneakers, uh, sneaker releases, that sort of thing. And full time, 
nine to five, I work for Cantu Beauty as they're a natural hair care brand for multicultural hair. Um, so I head up their community and communications. And I'm also a wife and a sister and a friend and all that stuff. <laughs> All right, thank you, Melissa. Nick? Yeah, yeah, so my name is Nick. You can call me Nick, Nicholas, either one you prefer, doesn't matter. Uh, Full-time, I am an IT security manager for Marriott headquarters. So all the systems that keep the hotels up and running, all the back-end systems, I pretty much run all of that and tell people what to do to make sure that it works. So that's pretty good. <laughs> I've earned my stripes. I'm a little less hands-on these days. Now I get to, uh, you know, I get to defer, which is awesome. Um, outside of that, uh, I would say actually pretty similar to Melissa. So actually around 2007, 2008, uh, I was writing for Hypebeast.com. Uh, that's how I got my first start into just fashion writing and style writing and everything along those lines. Since then, you know, I've built numerous websites and platforms and all sorts of projects to where I'm at now. And I run nicksetsgo.com, all-in-one lifestyle website, anything you wanna know, you know, dealing with style, grooming, home decor, wine and spirits. If you need a review on something, you need my opinion, you know, you just wanna get fly one day and you need to find something to buy. I have a website and it's up and running for all of that. I'm also partnering with a lot of brands to do like content creation for them to do social media work, social media consulting, um, all sorts of things just based around just making quality content and you know just keeping everything genuine and fun. Um, so wrapped up a couple campaigns recently. My most recent one I did, I uh, had one with Cavassier. So we just wrapped that up last week. It was very fun, I'm looking to do more, but yeah, that's what I do. That's what I get into. Nice. <clears throat> All right. Thank you, Nick. And so let's uh, do an intro of our panelists for those who aren't familiar. I mean, I'm sorry, our advisors for those who aren't, who aren't familiar with you all. We can start with you, Shanika. Hi, everyone. My name is Shanika McLeod. I work with MyFit Advisors. Um, I've been an advisor and working with Aaron for probably about three years or so now. Um, I am here to answer any questions that you guys have, and I'm excited about tonight and our two panelists that we have joining us. Nathan. And hello, everyone. Um, my name is uh, Nathan McKenzie. I am uh, one of the other advisors uh, here with MyFit Advisors. I've uh, been uh, in the financial service industry for about 10 years now, but fairly new to the team, but really, really um, excited not only about this conversation, but also sharing uh, the wealth and knowledge that I've been able to gain as a millennial uh, so far uh, and really kind of uh, share that with all of you because um, basically, I'm in your shoes, you know, walking the same walk, doing the same thing and recognizing that, you know, there's a strong need of uh, exposure to this industry um, in our community in many, many different levels. So I won't get on my soapbox, but we can save that conversation for another day. <laughs> uh, but I'm super excited about today's conversation and um, you guys taking notes and taking, um, uh, taking your business to the next level. Awesome. Thank you. And of course, we have Aaron Smith, the president of my fiduciary advisors. Hello, Aaron. Yes, hello. <clears throat> hello to everyone. I'm going to take a little bit of a length of time here just for a moment. Um, and then I'm going to keep my mouth shut for the rest of the night. Uh, <laughs> but first of all, um, uh, I am excited about, uh, excited about being uh, available this evening to share with you all. Um, I appreciate what you're doing, Melissa, Nick. Um, I think it's fantastic. 
um, that you are thinking outside of the box. Uh, 27 years ago, um, after graduating from college, um, I went to work for a uh, finance company, a company called Ford Motor Credit. Uh, Ford Motor Credit, I used to uh, do lending on automobiles. And what I quickly found out at uh, 24, 25 years old is that I was not built for corporate America. Uh, it wasn't a place for me. Uh, I'm a black man. And um, uh, that being said, uh, there was always, if you would get more education, you would add this uh, credit to your skill set. Uh, we will move you up the ladder. Uh, well, that never happened. Um, I made it happen on my own. So what I did was I went out and I started to do the same thing that Nick and Melissa started to do is I created a side hustle. I started to talk to people, educate people, share with people uh, the strategies that were important to them as it relates to them building their wealth. And I was really good at it. It was a gift that was given to me by God. I'm, I love what I do. I've been doing, I've been doing it for some years now. Um, my, uh, my hero, um, if you will, I, I would love for everyone, uh, if you have not uh, uh, researched uh, Marcus Garvey, uh, Marcus mm -hmm. Garvey, uh, mm -hmm. a, um, a great inspiration uh, to uh, where we are, uh, where I've gone. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, side hustle is necessary today. Um, financial literacy, uh, part of entrepreneurship or small business and uh, is the new currency. Uh, and, and that's important to note. At the way the future is going to shape up, it's going to be those who are very knowledgeable and their kids who are very knowledgeable about understanding money is going to be the winners um, forward. So once again, hey, look here. Thanks for everybody showing up. And I'm going to try to keep it limited in my, my conversation. Um, I want to hear the experts this evening. Thank you. Oh, thank awesome. you for that. <laughs> that was great, Aaron. Thank you. Thank you, Aaron. And so again, if anyone has questions as we talk, if for any of the panelists, um, make sure you use the Q&A and I'll, make, I'll be sure to get to you throughout the program. Um, but let's jump right in. So uh, let's start with, um, I guess, Nick. So I think you, kind of, you both kind of dive, uh, dived into this um, in your intro, but when did you first realize you had a viable side business on your hand? So, you know, there's one thing to have a hobby and a talent, but when did yeah. you realize that, you know, hey, I could really make some serious money off of this? Mm. I would say the first time I ever told myself that is when I, and this is going to sound funny, but when I saw people like the Kardashians, right? I was like, you know, I was like, yo, what are they doing, man? I'm like, they, they, they just, they just get fly and they just they just talk about whatever and like people are throwing checks at them for like for this i'm like man i can do i can do way better than that man and I, I can do this because i know i know the history about these things i know the history about these products these sneakers i know what goes into you know speaking to people like us and just just whatnot right i know more than they do about these things right and it's so not just them specifically, but that's a good example. Just seeing things like that, I always say, you know what? I don't see a lot of people like me in this space, but I'm gonna try to make that happen. So just as I built my platform and as I started to get deals and just started negotiating more and more, I'm like, man, I can really, I can do this, man. You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, skinny white Persian woman getting all the all the money, man. Me and my sisters can get this too. So. That's just that's just being real. Yeah, and that's 
I mean, that's, that's really it. It's like, I mean, if, if they can do it, why can't I, you have the talent, you have the skill, like why not? Yeah. So a foot in the door. And I'm like, we, I'm just, I'm gonna break this down and we're gonna make it happen. Like that, that's all I needed. Seriously. Yeah. Um, and Melissa, how about you? When did you first realize that, um, it was, yeah. it was going to be profitable? So I feel um, after that one year, I'll, it might not have been one full year, I don't think, um, when that hair care brand reached out to me um, mm -hmm. and asked for my rate. So I'd been just blogging and sharing images of like my personal style and my hair and whatever I was interested in on Facebook at the time. I don't even think Instagram was around yet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I like that. Yeah, so yeah. I was sharing on Facebook at the time and um, they reached out and asked for my rate and I had to go do research because I didn't, I was like, a rate, I can get, I can get paid for this. So I had to yeah. go and research and see what I should charge. I remember I took a picture of it. It was like 300, my first $300 check. Um, my first check as a, as a vlogger, I was so excited. Yeah. Um, and I actually, they wanted me to come into a Walmart and and shop the aisle with people. So I was able to educate people on the products, how to use it, how it worked for me, how I felt like it worked for their hair type and texture. Um, so it was really cool, really cool opportunity. And like I said, once, like Nick said, once I got that one foot in the door, um, things kind of, you know, started happening for me. And I started learning more and more about the industry and how I could get paid um, as a blogger. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, the, the biggest thing with having a side hustle is, you know, this idea of playing the long game. And I, I think, you know, our advisors can definitely attest to, you know, when people have financial goals, they want to reach them right away. And, you know, it really takes kind of being realistic about, you know, the steps that it takes to get there. And so how long did you guys kind of grind it out, hustle, late nights, early mornings, you know, trial and error? How long did it take for you to actually see money coming in, you know, because I think a lot of people, they give up because they think, you know, oh, this isn't going to work. I'm not seeing the success. I think, I'm, you know, other people are getting, how long did it take you all to get there? I would say uh, my first, the first like really, really, really big deal that let me know I need to really take this seriously. It probably took me, it probably took a year and a half of like die hard, you're like I'm taking it so serious. I'm treating it just like another full-time job, right? Like I'm putting more hours into my Nick says go stuff than I am like my corporate manager job. You know what I'm saying? And it probably took me about a year and a half of consistently doing it to now it's flowing without me even having to really think about it. You know what I'm saying? But it took so long to get to the point to now, now it's easy, right? Now it's just, it's moving. Um, but it, it took a minute, like a year and a half, I probably say for me straight. Yeah, I would say about two years, about two years of like grinding it out, um, just, you know, sharing, sharing, sharing as much as I could early morning, late nights. I still have early mornings and late nights. Um, but yeah, just that first, those first two years of sharing, um, I created some t-shirts with my logo on it. I mean, I was out here like with the trunk pop popped open. <laughs> Handing them out, selling them to my family members, like wear this, wear this. Um, show people yeah. to Um, so I felt like uh, those first two years and uh, really sharing, really sharing um, my platform with my social media audience, audience with my friends, asking them to repost and share things. Um, 
that's what I, I, and I was doing it out of not to make money because it was something I love to do. Um, so I always tell people like if blogging is something or influencing um, content creating is something that you want to do, if you don't love to do it and like to do it, um, it's, you don't force it. It has to be something you really like to do for you to do it for free and still push it, push it out there and want people to recognize you and know you for the good work that you produce and the creative work. That's the first thing I felt when asked me like how to get into it is exactly what you just said. You know, they're like, oh, you know, how, how much money do you make from your blog? Or how much money can I make? And this and this and that. And I'm like, look, man, I've been doing this just off the strength before I ever got a work with a brand. I was doing outfit picks and reviews and just because, you know what I'm saying? If you're not willing to do that and, and spending your own bread and, and trial and error and this and that just for fun, don't even worry about it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And Nathan, you're in a unique position because you are an advisor, but you also, you're also an entrepreneur. You, your fiance, you and your fiance have multiple businesses. So um, what's that experience been like with you, you know, growing the business and how long has it taken you to kind of see the fruits of, of your labor? You know, um, there's a constant theme here before, before I answer that, that it's going to take time, but also don't do it for the money. So what I, for us, it really varied for both businesses, but we're in a unique position because, and for those audience members who don't know, we have a um, wedding planning business, but also a photo booth um, company and business too as well. And they complement each other, which was to our benefit. But if they were isolated in it by itself, then it might have took a little more time. But what I will say is that you're going to have to put that sweat equity in the beginning of, of your journey. Um, not only to un identify how you're personally going to be able to make money off of this, but what makes sense for your lifestyle and what you want for the future. Um, a lot of times you, you stumble into businesses and, and, and Nicholas and, and Melissa, I'm pretty sure that's kind of what the, the story is. You kind of stumbled into it. Um, but if you're being intentional, then it does take a lot more sweat equity because you're not necessarily just doing your everyday. You're more so being intentional about how you can build and structure your business. So um, it's going to take time and it's going to take not only your personal motivation, but also your network. Um, but also always, 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 you're going to get burned out if you don't ask for help. Um, so, and the longer it's going to take, the longer it's going to um, deter you from accomplishing your goal too as well. So just, just stay focused. And for us, it was about maybe a year and a half, two years around the same amount of time. Um, and that's also with support and with help. But if you don't have it, then yeah. depending on how much sweat equity you're putting into it, it can take some, some time more than that. And we have a we have an awesome follow up question because all of you, it seems like the, the common theme here is, you know, one to two years is going to it's going to take some time. So someone wants to know, how did you stay motive, motivated during those one to two years until you actually start to get paid? Because, I mean, I know it's, you know, it's easy to say, you know, don't do it for the money. But if you need the money, <laughs> you know, how, <laughs> how do you stay motivated? Yeah, so I stay motivated because I, I was continuously putting myself in a better position in, in the corporate space, right? Like I wasn't, like I don't need the checks from what I do, right? And it's like I have, I had other stuff going on even outside of my corporate space and outside of like the Nick Says Go brand. So it's like I can take my time with this and I can, you know, try new things out and I can, I can let the slow grind build because I don't, like I'm not banking on that for any specific thing. Um, so I know everybody's situation was different, but like I, I was continuously putting myself in a good 
nine to five spot and, you know, doing other things. So the slow grind is a slow grind. And when it pays off, like everything else, it's just, it's just a cherry on top, right? Like I'm not depending on this for nothing. Um, so that helped me get, get through with it, making sure that I'm good in my other positions as well. That's a, that's a great idea. How about you, Melissa? Yeah, I would say that I love clothes and shoes. I love yeah. sharing uh, information with people. So I think yeah. that my love for what I do helped me uh, get through it. And network, having that network of people who maybe do something similar to, you know, talk to and help you get through things um, as you're growing your business, um, or your side hustle. And um, like Nick said, I, I was working full time. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, like as far as my career. Um, so I had a lot of other things going on. I moved to New York and was living there. So with so many different things going on, this was just a part of what I wanted to do. And the time goes by really fast, honestly. Um, so I just, I just, I loved it. It was something I, I could do if, for free. Um, but that's how much I loved it. Like I would just do it because I wanted to do it. Um, so it wasn't necessarily, you know, the money wasn't kind of top of mind for me, especially in those first in the beginning, because I didn't even know that I could make money. from it. Um, so now it's totally, it's totally different. And, it, and blogging and influencing and content creating what whatever you want to call us, a box you want to put us in, um, it has changed a little bit. And a lot of people are wanting to do it out of, um, for the money and wanting to do it out of the popularity of it or, or just saying, oh, I can, you know, stay at home and take outfit pictures um, in front of my mirror all day and make money from it. No, like it's a strategy behind it. It's like this, it takes work and that work might be, you know, just like a full-time job, a nine to five, you might be in a customer service position for a year before you can move on to the next position. So I would say it's the same, you know, for your side hustle, you have to learn, you have to educate yourself, take courses, learn more and more about it, um, get push your creativity um, to, to see where you can go as a creative um, and how creative you can get. Like you said, build a team around you and people, you know, around you that you can bounce ideas off of and talk to that. I feel like that will help the process um, and networking, meeting people, like-minded people who are thinking like you and wanting to do similar things, things that you want to do, that'll kind of help you with the process as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Shanika, I have a question from a financial management standpoint. So, you know, while we're in this limbo of waiting for our business, our side hustle to really pop and to start generating revenue, what advice do you give as, as a financial advisor of, you know, how to, how to, I guess, kind of utilize, um, you know, your income from full-time job or, or what, um, how can I word this? Uh, what can people do with the income they're already making with their full-time job to help them kind of position themselves better um, to grow their business? Yeah, that's a great question, Jana. I think it's important to figure out, you know, where do you need to start? Like, where's your, where's your starting point? Um, I think that, you know, everyone has these Typically people have great ideas. They just don't really know how to get them out there. Um, and the last thing you wanna do is put all of your money into something and then see it flop. But the reality of the situation is, is that you're going to lose sometimes. And there's gonna be times when you put the money in and you don't get the return. Mm -hmm. And so I think that the important thing to do is to figure out what's your starting point. Like, who, where do I start? Where should I put the money? What's the best return on the investment that I'm making? 
um, and figure that out first before you just start pouring money into something so you don't go broke. Right. And I love what you said, uh, just to touch on what they said, like getting a network of people around you, that's so important. And just, you know, networking, because there are a lot of small business owners and they help each other. And so just lean on them for that support because they have already went through something that you, you may be dealing with and they can tell you how to overcome whatever challenges you may be facing. So that's, that's so important guys. Yeah. And, and, and we have a great segue, a, a question that just came in. Um, Shanique, you talked about investments. So to, to our, um, our panelists, what investments in equipment or other digital tools did you have to make um, did you have to make your brand or blog pop? And how quickly did you invest in these solutions when growing your side hustle? How much did these investments elevate your goals? Um, oh, so I man. guess Nick, we can go ahead. <laughs> Damn, how much, what? Oh my goodness. Um, over the years, I mean, I've, I done bought every kind of design software you can think of. I done bought cameras without warranties and they done broke the next day. So I had to come out of pocket <laughs> and buy another one. Yeah. I got a whole photo set up in my house now. I had a pocket for even when I was first starting, though. I mean, I was doing all of these things just blindly. I just thought I had to have like the best camera. I thought I had to have this and this and that. And I was like, I'm not gonna do nothing until I get all this stuff. But then I changed my mind. I was like, you know, I can't, I can't do that. So for a long time, as long as I've been doing this, as much stuff as I've been doing with brands for a long time, I was literally using like my phone like a $20 tripod and like my little compute, my MacBook that sound like a, like a train engine, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And we're still doing campaigns with like, with multi-million dollar brands with, with, a, with a $20 tripod and my computer that's about to blow up. I just this year upgraded like everything. Like every, I got all brand new stuff now. So I'm, I'm acting brand new. I'm on, I'm on a different level now, right? I'm acting totally brand new. But before this year, I wasn't using none of this fancy stuff. I, you know, Photoshop, Illustrator, it would take me 30 minutes to, to upload, you know, a two minute video because my computer wasn't all of that. So I tell people, you don't need all of that stuff, right? The vision, you know, the the plan, the, the content, all of that stuff will shine through, man. If you get it how you, you know, if you pay attention to that first, the money will come and then you can upgrade your stuff later. But don't go buy that thousand dollar camera to go take sneaker pictures with a blurry background. Like just <laughs> do it with your phone. You know what I'm saying? Just do it with your phone and put it in Canva if it's that serious. Put it in Photoshop, man. Don't save your money, please. <laughs> and if I can jump in, so um I do I do strategy with people who are building their personal brands. And this is a question that comes up all the time because we all think we need everything. You know, like you said, you think you gotta have the best this and that. But what I tell a lot of my clients just starting out is, you know, find, you know, strategic partnerships. Like we all we've been talking about networks, you know, all the time. And so what I like to suggest is if you're starting out and you're trying to, you know, get mm -hmm great quality pictures, try to partner or barter with a photographer who's trying to get better at doing lifestyle photography or brand photography and work together. And so that way you're able to get these high quality images without having to, you know, go out and buy all this equipment and teach yourself how to take pictures of yourself and, you know, all in all this fancy editing software, things like that you know, utilize partnerships. So if you have someone who can do your makeup, if you have someone who can do photos, if you have someone who can do a great promo video for you, you know, utilize relationships. Relationships are everything. And that's really key to growing your business, especially when you're just starting out. Can't do it all alone. And it helps yeah. you put other people uh, on that way too. 
put other that's the that's the end goal to put other people on. When I did yeah. my Bevel campaign, I, I I got a kid uh kid from VCU from the art school, and I paid him to come do all like the photos and like everything. So like, he got money he got money in his pocket now. He got Bevel in his portfolio now, and like all of that, and it saved me from getting a headache. So why not? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say uh, just to kind of piggyback off you guys, but I would I always tell people to start where start where you are. These iPhones, I still have brand deals, photo if they're last minute brand deals that and companies want to work with me. My husband takes a photo with my iPhone and it gets yep. approved. And I can probably an iPhone. I probably I recently took an iPhone picture for a brand and was paid five thousand dollars for an iPhone yep. picture. With great quality, iPhones take really great quality now. Great quality photos. Like you don't start where you are. Sometimes you can't you can't purchase the equipment. Sometimes you have it and you just don't know how to use it. That's the other thing. If you buy it and you don't know how to use it, then you got to take a class and learn how to use it. Um, so start where you are. If that's with your iPhone, I use Canva. I use InShot to edit my videos from my phone. I use the Tesla app if I want to edit photos from my phone. Like a lot of things you have access to in this free apps that you can use yep. and download. PicTap Go, that's another app that I use to edit photos sometimes. Um, you, can, you can use your phone. You have all these free tools that you can use until you get to that point where it's like, oh, my skills are top notch. I'm ready to get, you know, Photoshop or I'm ready to get uh, Sony yeah. 5100, or I'm ready to get all these other things. Um, Amazon also has tripods that you can get for $10 you can use. Yep. Um, so use what you have until you get to a point where you want to learn more. Because like I said, if you buy this fancy camera and don't know how to use it, you still have to spend money to learn how to use it. Um, <laughs> so just, just definitely start where you are and everything else will flow. I've done a lot of bartering, like Jana said, working with um, people in Charlotte who from my makeup artists to, um, you know, photographers or whoever I, you know, I share your work, share what you do, where you are, so people can reach out and purchase from you and work with you in exchange for, you know, taking some photos or doing my makeup or providing um, some merch. Um, so I definitely start where you are or bartering is always great when you're kind of just starting out. And, you know, like you said, going to people at the university um, and yeah. I'm always with my little cousins. What you want to do? Oh, you want to you want to be a photographer? Come on. Got you. Take these pics <laughs> for me. Like teaching them and teaching them what they can do and how they can create their own business while they're in high school, while they're in college, too. Yeah, I remember um, living in New York, my friends and I wanted to um, <clears throat> live like celebrities. So we wanted we wanted a celebrity, uh, a photographer to follow us around for on New Year's Eve. And so we went on Craigslist and there was an NYU photography student who just wanted some pictures for her portfolio, charged us $100 and followed us around for five hours. And those are pictures she got to use. We got some creative pictures. And so like it, the schools are great. I mean, they're always looking for for work there. So, you know, I might as well do a brand photo shoot, get some professional pictures for your, you know, you need a headshot, you need some professional good quality pictures for your website, whatever. So, you know, definitely utilize um, those resources. Uh, we have another question, which is kind of in the same vein of where we are now. So how did you grow your social media? So we know that pictures matter, messaging matters. So how did you all grow your social media? Uh, I would say staying consistent. 
Um, that's something that helped me tagging brands, whether it's my clothing, whether it's hair, my hair, or my makeup, whatever I have on tagging brands so that I'm, you know, they're seeing my work, um, you know, sharing it, using hashtags, researching hashtags to seeing how that works and how that can help me tagging my location. So putting like what city and state you're in. So a lot of people search by that. So you're able to pop up in those um, areas. That's something that that's kind of helped me. And um, just working with other people in the industry, other influencers, um, sharing their work so more people can see it, them sharing my work so more people can see it. Um, and networking, using your social media as a networking tool. Like be talking to people via DM, creating a community. That's what it's all about, creating a community um, online. And that's how, you know, more people see you. Are they going to tell their friends about you? You heard about Melissa Chanel? She got this. You should follow her. Or you heard about Nick Says Go? He does this. You should follow him. So creating that network online um, will help you grow consistently. So. Yo, okay. literally all of the above. That's, that's, that's the answer right there, especially the community part. The community part, I think, is... Uh, is the most important one because it's one thing to like talk like at people right mm -hmm. but it's another thing to kind of make them feel like they're part of your journey and your growth and like what you have going on you know um whether it's you know doing challenges or whether it's just natural things that you do that people pick up on and they start doing it so you know i remember when i first started kind of popping you know people would start tagging me in their outfit pictures or mm -hmm. you know if they buy something you know they'll, they'll tag me and be like yo what you think should i copy this? should i do that um, and then just doing things that are like really relatable, man. You know what I mean? Just make people feel like they can approach you and they can be part of what you got going on. I think that's bigger. I'm sorry, somebody's outside of my office doing something. <laughs> Y'all like how I said that in there right in my office. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the community thing I think is the biggest part is, uh, you know, like you said, just making people feel like they're, you're not above them, right? Just because you wear nice clothes or you make cool content, you're not above them, right? If they feel involved, I think they're always going to support you from jump. Yeah, that's awesome advice. Hey, Jana, can I ask a question? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> being an entrepreneur, um, we're somewhat built a little bit different. Um, and on a daily basis, uh, we generally uh, uh, do things that might be just a little bit different from those who just kind of go, uh, go to work from eight to five. Can you all, um, if you will, uh, Nick and Melissa, give give us some insight on what does your day look like when you get up in the morning and till you go to bed? What does your day yeah. look like as an entrepreneur? Uh, not only an entrepreneur, but having a full time gig, entrepreneur, family. What what is your ritual? What what do you actually do to keep you motivated? Keep you inspired? to get up the next day and do it all over again. I I I am I'm my best. I'm my best when I, you know, when I'm like I'm really busy, not too busy to where I'm like going crazy, but like just just when I'm pretty busy, it helps keep me going cuz I always have something to look forward to. I wake up every day probably about 6 or 7. I instantly check all my emails from like overnight or the you know late night before for all my personal stuff, my Nick says go stuff. I go through all my emails first thing in the morning. I start planning content I might want to do for the day. You know, I don't have big content calendars. I do a lot of my stuff on the fly or just like that same day. I just come up with the idea. So I'm in my notepad jotting ideas. I log on to my work computer at about eight in the morning for my nine to five. 
in between every single meeting, I'm still doing Nick Says Go stuff nonstop. Yeah. You know, if I got a meeting at 11 and it ends at 12, I got another one at 1. From 12 to 1, I'm probably sending some, some pitch emails. I'm probably shooting some photos. I'm probably shooting half a video real quick. And, you know, when I clock out of my main job, I'm right. I'm, I'm, I'm doing Nick Says Go stuff all day, nonstop. I, people that are watching and know me, I'm up till midnight sometimes, often. Still sending emails, still pitching, still in Photoshop doing something, just plotting things out. It just doesn't stop. It's just like a nonstop thing. Um, so it's a lot more than Melissa, like what you said earlier. It's a lot more than just like taking pictures and you know, buying stuff and showing it to people. You know, what I'm doing like I'm doing content strategy, editing things, you know, creating things all day, um, and just planning. And it, it helps keep me going because I got something to look forward to the next day. Uh, so that's that's what my days look like. Yeah, for me, I'm, I don't wake up as early as Nick. <laughs> I probably should. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I wake up probably around, I try to wake up around eight o'clock, between eight yeah. and nine, because um, I'm a, I'm a um, night owl, so I'll stay up all night. Um, but I'll, I'll wake up, and like Nick said, I'm checking Melissa Chanel email, checking Kicks and Fro's email, checking Melissa Chanel and Kicks and Fro's DMs, making sure I'm getting back to people. Um, then I start my nine to five. I'll eat. Sometimes I'll just have a cup of coffee or I eat. And then I start with meetings, um, up on top of meetings, on top of meetings, approving calendars for like our brand around the world, like every everybody um, working on like launch plans and things like that. But lunchtime, Melissa Chanel stuff, making sure um, blog posts get out, making sure content goes live. Um, Jana helps me with a lot of that. Uh, so like I said, have a good team around you. Um, so strategy, uh, we work on that a lot. Just trying to, I, I'm with Nick. I like to not have a content, not like have a monthly content calendar is great. And I think for people who do it, it's really great. But I'm a yeah. kind of off the cuff kind of girl. I'm like, yeah, yeah, Wednesday, yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna want to post that. Why? Like, I need to wait. <laughs> Jana stays on me, so I got, I'm getting better at it. Um, but yeah, I'll work on stuff during my lunch break um, or have my husband take pictures or work with my photographer. Sometimes I like to shoot in the mornings. So I'll wake up at seven and go shoot my, with my photographer from seven to nine. And then I'll come home and work a full day. Um, and work on Melissa Chanel stuff on my lunch break. If I need to take a call with a brand who's trying to work with me, I'll try to block some time on my my work schedule to take those calls. Then at around 5.30, um, thank God my husband cooks. So I'll, <laughs> I'll eat. And then it's like Melissa Chanel kicks and froze time. And like last night, I probably went to bed at 3 a.m. Um, so I spend, I stay up like two, three Monday, I was up to like four. So I stay up like really late at night, getting a lot of things done. I feel like that's when I can work my best. I don't have people calling me or emailing me or telling me they need me for this, pulling me in different directions. So that time I'm able to like get my, you know, my creative juices flowing and write if I want to get out some blog posts. I like to batch. Um, when I'm writing blog posts, I'll try to just go however many I can write. If I can get five done, I'll get those done. If I can get three, I'll get them done. So that way I kind of already have those done for the following week or if I want to use it next month, um, I will. So that's pretty much how my how my day flows. 
Yeah. Um, so we do have a question that kind of ties into what you, this, this question that Aaron asked, what are some time management tips you two can provide on how to dedicate the necessary time to your side hustle? Mm. I would say to do to-do list help me. I'll, I'll write down a to-do list of things that I need to complete that day. Um, time management is very important, but it's very hard when you have so many things going on. That's yeah. why to-do list help me. Again, time. my time is like if different things at different times. It's up and down for me, um, but creating that to-do list and trying to knock those items out that are pressing first and then getting to flow of the things I'm passionate about and love and want to do, um, I think that helps me for sure. I would say so too. The calendar, my calendar, my iPhone calendar is like is like my girlfriend. Yo, that's like this is my girlfriend right here. I don't have one, but this is this is my girlfriend right here. The calendar and my um and my to do list. I have two to do lists. I have one big, huge, long running one of just like everything I want to do ever. And then I have one on my desktop for what I want to do like that day, right? You know, this this day, this week, my most like important stuff. And then everything goes on my calendar or else I'm gonna, I'm gonna forget, just being honest. There's so yeah. much stuff going on, I'm gonna forget. Mm -hmm. um, so even if it's just to take a call or just to write something down or to go outside, I gotta put it on my calendar. And I think um, a, good, a good kind of rule that I live by, um, to help with time management is, you know, not everything that's important is a priority. And so figuring out what the priorities are and tackling those first and then get to the other important things. Because, you know, it's easy to, if you don't divide the two, it's easy to think that everything is immediate. And so you kind of get, you know, you just don't move, you don't move at all because you think that everything needs to get done and you're kind of just stuck. So really think about, okay, what are the priorities? Kind of like what Nick does, like what needs to be done today? Um, and then what are things that just need to get done eventually, like this week, maybe. <clears throat> um, how do you manage doing it all on your own? One of my toughest things is trying to do it all on my own until I can find help. Oh, man. I was going to say, like, I don't man. do it all on my own. So <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> I would have. say I kind of do it. I kind of do all mine on my own. I'm not going to lie for, for the like 95% of it. I do by myself. Um, and I would say, I don't know about managing it because I'd be lying if I said it was like easy or I'm like perfectly managing it because I'm not. It's plenty of days where I'm like frustrated or, you know, I'm kind of kind of getting a little turned off from doing what I'm doing. Um, but I kind of approach it from the standpoint of like I'm learning new skills and I try to remember that I'm learning new skills and I'm, you know, I'm kind of building up my tool set when I'm doing these things mm -hmm. on my own. Um, so that makes me feel a little bit better, you know, when I'm having to go to YouTube and learn how to edit this video this way or edit this picture or do this and do that. I kind of just look at the positive side of it because it ain't fun. I ain't a lot to say it ain't always fun, you know, but I just try to find the positive side of it and, and you just got to roll with that. Um, how about you, Nate? Because you have a you have a full time and a, a couple of businesses. So how, how about you? <laughs> Um, it's funny, me, me and my fans are actually just talk about this. Um, first, before I say anything, I'll say this. Good help is very hard to find. Um, so as much as it would be great to have somebody come in and take over and do X, Y, Z, it is hard to find. Uh, but I will say this too as well, is sometimes it's worth the squeeze and, and it does make sense to hire someone. 
uh, to help you, whether it be on a, a marketing standpoint or a management standpoint, or even a financial standpoint. Um, just because you're good at um, just using the topic at hand here, personal content, doesn't necessarily mean you're the best person to change a car or that you're the best person to, to, to you know, do your own taxes. Um, but ultimately speaking, recognizing what you're good at and what you need help or need support in is very important, especially when you're building your career. Um, so as, as Nicholas said too before, looking for opportunities to leverage your network, whether it be through a university, um, through someone who is, is starting off in their own business and seeing how they might be able to help you and collaborate. Um, it, it's very important that you recognize, you know, the best way to utilize your time, um, especially in areas that you're not necessarily the best in, because odds are you're going to make a mistake. And then you got to go back and fix that mistake as well as try to do the first thing you're trying to do to begin with. And that, <laughs> that's just, that's just a lot of uh, circling going around it. And Nick, I know I'm, I'm preaching the choir here with you, brother, but... <laughs> You know, it's, it's just one of those things where you, you just got to recognize where your opportunities are and how to find solutions towards it. And sometimes it's not that's not you. Right. And if I can just say quickly. Um, so when I was starting my agency, um, you know, I, of course, couldn't do it all, couldn't grow, you know, the ways that I needed to grow with just my, you know, just myself. So what I did was I partnered with um, the VCUs. So using college interns. So the universities near you should have usually do have an internship program. And if you are an official business entity um, with a clear job description, you can get interns. And so what I did was I, um, their school of arts, there was a graphic design program. I needed someone to help me make graphics for my social media clients. And so worked with her, the internship coordinator reached out to me, asked me to send, you know, my official business papers and to send a, a job description for what this internship would be about so that they knew that I wasn't just trying to have her do all the work that I didn't want to do, but there was actually some goals attached to it. Um, I filled out those that information. So she was able to get college credit and work with me for a semester and help me get, um, get all of those things accomplished. And so, you know, I, I couldn't afford to pay someone at the time, but you know, there was still a win-win situation there. So definitely, I think that's also a great um, incentive to legitimize your business. Um, you know, you can use these, you know, internship programs. And now what happens is at a certain point in the semester, the internship coordinators, they reach out and say, hi, our students are looking for internships for their senior years. We have needs in this area. Please reach out if you have an opening. And so that way you're constantly able to each semester get someone new to get to help, even with administrative work. Just, you know, um, that's a that's a great way to, to get help if you can't, you're not in a position yet to afford to pay someone. That's dope. Absolutely. And Melissa, you say you 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 hire people. You have a team. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't do it by myself anymore. It was very overwhelming for me. Um, but I did have interns. So I have I've had interns before to help me. So that, that was a great point I was going to bring up too. Um, finding interns or people who are just hungry and want to learn and yeah. want to learn from what you're doing um, versus people who might want to just be beside you or near you or close to you. Um, so just like you know, finding those people going through, like Jana said, a university in your area and finding those people who are hungry and want to learn um, the field and, and, and using them to your advantage, like you said, helping you uh, reach a goal as well as you helping them reach a goal too, and they're getting experience from it. Yeah. What advice do you have for individuals with a desire to do more with their passions, example, real estate, home decor, fashion, et cetera, 
Um, what is the starting point to strategically plan and develop a personal brand that can develop into a side hustle? So how do you take something that's a passion into something that is um, a business? Is there, do you have a strategic plan or did you kind of, is it something that you just do, you know, organically? How do you go from passion to business? Mine was super organic. It was yep. super organic. The, the type of stuff that I do now was really the type of stuff I was already doing. Um, I made like minor tweaks to make it a little more, um, a little more open for more people outside of my like, you know, direct circle, I should say. Um, but it's super organic, super organic. I just, I just say I would approach it from the standpoint of, all right, if you were on the other side, right? If you're on the other side and you were like, hey, all right, I want to find somebody that does, you know, home decor or styling or something like that, right? Interior design what would I, what would I want to see, right? If I'm looking for an interior decor person on Instagram, what would I want to see? And start doing that, right? Everything I do is what I want to see from a content creator. Um, so the easiest way to do it without any, you know, research or any of that kind of stuff, if you just want to start making that direction, going toward that direction, I should say, is just do what you want to see. Let's start from yeah. there. Yeah, I always say get out of your own head. Most of the time we're in our own head. You it's only one you. No one can do it like you do, like you can do it. So you're gonna bring something different to the table. Don't don't think that, oh, it's all of these um interior designers. There's so many of the no one's gonna do it like you do it. No one's gonna deliver it like you deliver it. So it's always you're unique. You're gonna share it in a very unique and different way. So just start, just start sharing it. Yeah, it's a passion. It's something that you do, maybe doing a before and after. If it's interior design, empty room before, here's what I did after. People are able to see at brands where you got things from. So those brands can see your content. Um, I would say just start and use the, their free like blog website platforms. Um, I love Squarespace. It's very easy. I kind of started out there um, in the early years of, blogging I kind of started out with Squarespace it's very easy to create it on your own without having to like pay someone um, and use the social media free social media apps to um, you know kind of create content and start sharing it that way um, newsletters are always great too um, to have and create a build up um, kind of an audience that you can own because you know Instagram maybe if they delete your page tomorrow what you gonna yeah. do so having your own <laughs> platform your 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 website or your email list um, for a newsletter, having that and, and just starting, just starting where you are and get out of your own head. Like start where you are, use what you have, take pictures with your phone. Um, that's how you can take it from a passion and something that you do to a business. Mm -hmm. I want to pivot a little bit to get to the financial aspect of it. So of course, you know, they are, we always hear it takes money to make money. And if we don't have it, um, or maybe, you know, the money we have from our full-time job is tied up in our, you know, daily obligations or, you know, um, Shanika, what, when you're starting a business, what are the pros and cons of taking out a loan for your, for your side hustle? And do you recommend it? You're on mute, Shanika. You're on mute. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Guys. I had some background noise earlier, so I didn't want that to, to mess up anybody that was talking. But I don't know if I would start necessarily with a loan, um, especially when you're getting started. I love what Nick and Melissa are saying about use what you have, because mm -hmm. you don't want to 
pour a lot of unnecessary money in at the very beginning until you start making money. So you don't want to acquire new debts necessarily until you can actually have, until you have the cash flow to pay off the debts. Yeah. So I think in the very beginning, the best thing to do is to use what you have, like the, the, the less money you can spend to accomplish the job, the better. So if you can use your iPhone or if you can get a $10 tripod or, you know, that's the way to go because you don't want to stack up a lot of debt trying to do this. So if you can find the free apps and things of that nature, then definitely, I think that, you know, maybe taking out a loan comes a little further down the road when you have, you know, this gener you're generating income, but you've gotten to a point where you need more money. Um, for example, I remember talking to a business owner. Um, she actually got picked up on Shark Tank and she got to a point where it was just too big and she didn't have the finances to do it out of her pocket. And so it just made sense at that point um, before Shark Tank to actually get the loan so that she could actually mass produce this product because there were people coming to her like, I think Costco came to her and said, we wanna carry this product. And so at that point she's like, okay, I need more money and she had to take out a loan. So I think when you get to that point, then it makes sense. But I, I think that you should kind of gauge it and figure out, okay, do I need to take out a loan now or can I just do it myself and get the $10 tripod like Nick and Melissa are saying. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> and, and, and use your family. My Every time someone wants to buy me something for Christmas, my mom, my dad, aunts, uncles, cousins, whoever, there's always go. something around my business. Um, yeah. Mama, can y'all get yeah. together and buy me this camera? Everybody can just pitch <laughs> in or dad. <laughs> I need this set of notebooks or I need, you know, something that's tied to my business. Um, so I use, yeah. I use my resources in the beginning a lot or mama, y'all, I want to do these t-shirts, pitch them, pitch your family to invest in your business. Uh, I did that <laughs> yeah, a lot definitely. starting out um, and it was very yeah. helpful. They, you know, helped me get t-shirts. They helped me get the things I want to do. Once they saw I was serious, like, oh, She's serious, like, and I think she's doing good too. I see her doing stuff on Instagram, a blog, and brands working with her. So they want to invest in you, and they see you doing these things. So I always say, like, start out with your family. Let them be your investors at first. Um, mm -hmm. Of you know, letting them you know purchase things for you or giving you money to support your brand or your business, and go all out like you were pitching a um a bank or something. Take a whole. Yeah. A presentation, whatever you need. That's what you need. That's what you need. That's right. Yeah. But um, it's, yeah. it's something that, you know, that kind of helps. And I, I feel like, especially with our generation, our parents want to see us do things for ourselves and create, not have to work for some a company for 30, 40 years. They want us to create things for ourselves. And I think that's, you know, they're willing to invest in us and help us along the way, too. That's excellent advice. And I agree. Plug, um, totally. I did um, a podcast episode with Aaron about millennials and our money. And that was one of his pieces of advice where, you know, pitch your family, have your family, you know, that's a great, get interest-free loans. You know, the bank, they're going to give you a loan, but you're going to be paying that back and, and then some. And so try to get, you know, interest-free loans from your family where you can, if you have, you know, if they're in the position to, um, that's a great way to, to, to get capital for your business, which, you know, we all, we all need eventually. Yeah. And I could just add one thing too. Don't underestimate the power of grants. You know, yeah, there are a yeah. lot of grants that are out there that you simply just need to apply for and that's free money. 
as, as long as you can keep your money in your pocket and you're starting your business, that's the best scenario, right? So if you want to use other people, there, there's people who actually have wealth out there. And honestly, at this point, they're just looking for what they can invest in. Um, so don't don't dismiss the the reality of, you know, you speaking to somebody at Starbucks and they, they could go ahead and lend you about a quarter million dollars easily. Yeah. And and I would also encourage you to, and this goes back to leverage your leverage your position in many ways. I know that there is a many 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 organizations and foundations that are out there, both nonprofit and for profit organizations that provide funding, corporate funding grants. You have state funded grants, um, and the list just kind of goes on. If you're not familiar with that process, uh, speak with your small business development center. Um, they're pretty much all over the country, um, so so that you get some information and familiarize yourself with that. And also, depending on the type of business that you have, you can actually get corporate contracts um, from municipalities, state and local governments. And that's just instant contract, instant money. So money's out there. You just got to do the research to find it. Yep. And especially if you have a service-based business, I've been learning more and more that um, a, lot of, a lot of corporations, they prefer to contract out over hiring um, actual employees because it's much more expensive. And so even though, you know, what you're, what you'd be making as a contractor might seem like a lot to you, it's a drop in the bucket for, for the company who doesn't have to pay benefits, who doesn't have to pay, worry about insurance and all these other things. Um, and so definitely these, you know, corporate contracts, you can get, you know, with government agencies, all those things, those are, you know, if you have a service-based business, definitely explore working with them too. Um, Want to pivot a little bit. We have a question about, you know, the pandemic. Um, we're over it. Um, you know, we know that unfortunately, um, I think it's 60% of businesses, black owned businesses, um, have been affected by the pandemic. Um, has it affected your business? Has it affected your side hustle? Um, positively or negatively? Um, and if it's, if it's negative, how did you pick it back up and, and keep, keep rolling? I think, yes. I think Nate, if we can go to you, because you have a business that's based on events. And so obviously, <laughs> you know. yeah, uh, it's dramatically uh, affected our business. Um, one business in particular, as far as our flow business is dramatically affected. We had basic bookings throughout the year, about 35% of them remained on the books. And from that, maybe less than half were actually committed to move forward with, unfortunately. But as far as our event planning and wedding planning business, that actually kind of boomed a little bit um, because people are looking to do more intimate, um, close knit, and, um, and still, as many people would call it, cute events. So uh, I think the biggest thing, and, and all of us really here on this panel are all entrepreneurs in our own right, whether, and whether you have an actual side business or whatever, you, you really are. But what we really learned to do throughout all these years and remain resilient is learning how to pivot. You know, you, and the first thing that we decided to do when the pandemic hit was like, okay, how is this going to affect us and how are we going to survive? Because there, we, we can't, we can't just, just let it go, you know? So it's going to take some time. It's going to take a little bit of resilience and fortitude, but you have to, you have to look at different opportunities and another great opportunity for you to do to expand your, to expand your vision is think about all the different things that connect to your particular business right? Uh, things that you probably don't even think about, but, you know, maybe a third relation, um, for instance, just take blogging for an example, right? Um, you can use uh, and see what's going on within the social media world, as far as both technology and new uh, ideas that are out there that you can potentially talk about. Um, but at the same time, the content that's being driven, what your audience is doing, etc. Um, and even the pandemic itself, like it's a hot topic, you know? So 
it's a constant pivoting of, of reorganizing your strategies and figuring out what's the best move uh, for you and your business to go to go forward. Yeah, I definitely think for for me, I did see a period where, you know, a lot, especially for influencers, content creators, a lot of your money comes from brand partnerships and brand deals. So it was a time from like March to maybe June, July, where it was very slow um, when it came to that, because brands were trying to figure out what's going on, like what's happening, people aren't going into stores, so we can't push people, drive people to stores, like you know, can't do events. So you can't be promoting an event or hosting or being a part of an event. Um, so I definitely had to pivot and think of other ways, um, you know, to make income. Of course, thank, thankfully, I still have my full-time job, but I had to think, oh, people come to me to learn. They want to learn how to do what I do. So I do consultations. I had to ramp that up and kind of bring that back. And I, you know, the bulk of my money then came from having one-on-one -on -one boss talk conversations with people on how they can level up as a content creator, as a blogger. So I did have to kind of pivot a little bit and change some things around as far as what I was sharing and what I, what I was doing. And then the conversation, you don't want to seem tone deaf. You don't want to post about, uh, something that, you know, some might, somebody else might not be able to afford because they just lost their job because of a pandemic. So as a content creator, you had to think about so many different things, so many different pieces of your job and what you do um, and use your voice for good and, and trying to help people and assist people and share and educate um, in that way. So uh, yeah, I for sure had to pivot and figure things out. And I feel like with any, um, you know, side business or entrepreneurship or business owner, you have those $3,000, $10,000, $30,000 months, and then you have those $800, $300 months. So you got to learn how to um, budget your money, learn how to budget, learn how to, you know, okay, I have to pay, pay my bills first, whatever, a little extra. Um, I think um, my side hustle and being an entrepreneur um, has definitely taught me better money management and how to how to definitely, you know, take my money and, and use it in the right ways uh, when things like that happen. Question. So I want to, um, Nick, you want to go ahead and um, chime in because I, I want to piggyback off something Melissa said or a follow-up question, but you want to um, talk about how it's affected your business? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so content-wise, uh, I kind of got lucky. I didn't really get affected too much. Most of my stuff uh, with Nick Says Go has been like super digital. I wasn't really doing in-person events. I wasn't really, you know, doing anything like that. I was selling my own products. I've always had like merchandise in some kind of way, you know, all everything was just 100% digital. So I actually had from, from March to now, everything boomed so much bigger than it had the previous, you know, couple years, just off since the pandemic started, because I'm home more. So I get to create more, you know, I get to do more things that I couldn't do when I was going to the office for 10 hours a day. You know, if I'm on the couch and I got, you know, a meeting in one AirPod and I can talk to another company in the other AirPod or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And I can just do both things at one time. I've been, it's been taken off for me. So I kind of been blessed and kind of lucky in that area. Um, I just been able to do so much more from the crib mm -hmm. um, and people are home and people are consuming content more. Uh, people are, you know, on Instagram more, websites more, reading my, my newsletters more, things like that. And uh, people are still shopping. You know, it's crazy because a lot of people thought that, you know, pandemic started 
people are going to be holding on to money. People are bored now. They need they need excitement. Like I buy stuff now. Sometimes I ain't gonna lie to you, man. I buy a t-shirt just because I got something to look forward to. You know what I mean? I know I got something coming in the mail next week <laughs> because I've been so bored. You know, people are still shopping. So yeah. by making yeah. content around that and whatnot, people are people are still going into it. So I think I've been lucky. Uh, I've been lucky from that space with the way I've already been making content. It kind of just suited me, uh, you know, better to be home more, to have other people home more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Melissa, you mentioned, you know, having your five-figure months when things are going great, and then you have these months where it's like, whew, I thought my business was was profitable. What happened? So, how do you how do you manage your finances in a way that doesn't um, you know, you don't sabotage, you know, you don't ride the wave. You can appreciate the growth, but you don't ride the wave of the, of the, of the five figure month too heavy. Um, you can still kind of budget your money and plan accordingly and, and kind of make up for those lower, lower, you know, income months. How do you do that? For me, I save, I save a lot of my, because I have a full-time job and I'm able to work, I work a nine to five. I'm able to save a lot of my money as an influencer. Um, so I save a lot of it. Um, you know, of course my nine to five pays my bills and all that stuff. Um, so saving, I would say that's, that's a way that has, um, helped me those, those lower months. So if, if it's something you're doing full time, I would say save, put the money in your savings account, pay the things you need to pay, especially with not knowing how, how things, um, are going to be for the next month. So Mm -hmm. that was just a big thing for me. And usually what I do um, with not knowing from month to month how things, sometimes how things will be. So definitely have a savings plan of how much money you need to save, what your bills are for that month, what your bills are for the next two months. If you you get that big check and it's like, let me go ahead and set myself up, pay my bills for two months. You put a little bit in savings and I've got food in the fridge. I'm good to go. Um, So I would, I gotta think like that because I don't like being broke. Right. <laughs> Same. Uh, on my next go money, uh, most of it I don't really, I don't spend. I, don't yeah. really, I try not to spend it too much, right? Like I, I treat it like, I treat it like I'm not using any of that to survive off of, right? Like I need to be able to survive. If you know my website dies tomorrow, Instagram dies, people just don't mess with me no more for whatever reason. Like I'm good. I'm good regardless. All that is just extra to the side, right? Save it pay extra bills with it, whatever. <clears throat> Does anyone have experience with their initial platform being your business or side hustle? And then you trend and then you kind of transition into the influencer. Um, do you, do you all have experience with that? Do you know people who, who kind of done that model? Who had a business and kind of yeah, transfer? So you start off just promoting your business, but then you want to be the face and you want to start, you oh. know, being the face of your brand. How do you, how do you make that transition? Everything was always me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, Same, think, I, I think I feel that the so everything was almost always me, but I feel like things that you can do to, if you want to be more out there and kind of the face of your company, share with pe- share tips and things you're doing with people. Like in my Instagram stories, I share pieces of my nine to five, like what I'm doing, like, like, okay, right now I'm testing these products or I got to approve five calendars one for the UK one for France one for Germany like I share pieces of that with people so they can kind of see what I'm doing so I think that will be great for this person to share what you do what your business is how you grew your business sharing tips and tricks sharing what you're doing on the way to the post office like different things like that I think would definitely help 
um, people get to know you on a more personal level and, you know, what you're doing, how you're growing your business on the back end and behind the scenes sort of thing. Yeah. And I definitely recommend, you know, people need someone to connect to. That's kind of the, the space we're in now. Um, and so, you know, if you have a business, a product you're selling or a service you're selling, you know, it's not, unfortunately, it's not enough to just talk about what you're selling. People want to be able to connect to the person they'll be working with, the person they'll be buying from. And so you do have to kind of, if you do want to shift into the influencer space, think about what, um, what your message is as the business owner. So I have a marketing agency. It's not enough for me to just show the clients I work with, but this is who I am as a person. This is my passion for marketing. This is my passion for branding. This is what I'm working on. These are the client projects I'm working on. So kind of show a little bit of yourself in that. And people, you know, eventually people will support you as a person and then they'll support whatever you're, whatever you're selling. So that's kind of how, how that. And give them something, give them some tips, give them some things that have helped you, like give them some tangible things that can help them. Um, and that's how you'll yep. get people coming back and wanting more. And people are nosy. They just want to be in your business. They want to know what yeah. you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> they just yeah. want to be a part of it. That's all. Yeah, they just want to be a part, be a part of, of it. it. Yeah. Um, so we have a question for Aaron. Um, and we're going to, we're going to get to a few more questions. Um, Aaron, how did you start your business? Did you start it as a side hustle and then transition it to being full-time? Did you just go right in, launch your business? Yeah, that's a great question. I started um, my business as a side hustle. Um, I used to work for a credit union. I worked there. I made good money. Um, I had benefits. Um, I started to do my business part-time. Started to get to a point where I was making uh, as much money uh, in my business uh, as an entrepreneur as I was making as a full-time employee. And I was still reluctant to leave my job, right? Um, matter of fact, my wife had to twist my arm to leave my job, right? <laughs> Just had a baby, uh, brought a new house, right? Scared to death, scared to death. Uh, but it was actually one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. I would say this to everyone who's tuning in who uh, has a side hustle or who's considering a, a side hustle. Um, remember your side hustle um, or if it becomes your full-time gig, um, at some point, it's going to end. It's going to end. Uh, whether it means that you, you're too old and you can't do it no more, right? Or, or somebody might decide that they like what you're doing and they're going to want to buy it from you, right? It's going to end. So what I would ask everyone who's tuning in this evening is to think about this for a second. I want you to think about organization, organization of your finances. I don't mean taking stacks of papers like your checking account and your mortgage statement and put it on the top of, of each other. What I'm really speaking of is trade in your, your, your gig for a million dollars. So in other words, when you stop working, you stop doing your business, or if you stop working in your full-time job, what do you have to show for it? What do you have to show for it? There are so many business owners that I've worked with who's put so much sweat, tears, all of their life into their business. And then when, it's, when, it's, when the time is up, they don't have other assets that they can live off because they hadn't prepared financially. So it's mm -hmm. about building your business. It's about doing what you love to do. But at the same time, it's about organization of your, your personal finances to make sure that that falls in line, which is, as, as Nick said a little bit earlier, um, he likes control. 
He likes to have be in the position where he calls the shots. And that's where you want to be. And I'm telling you, when you have the, the wealth, when you have the wealth, when you have your own business, when you call the shots, you have freedom. You have freedom. And it doesn't matter whether it's a pandemic, doesn't matter if it's 9-11, doesn't matter if it's the dot-com uh, 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 era, whatever is going to come, because it's going to come. There's going to be negative things that's going to always come. But if you are in control of where you are, who you are, what you're doing, and you're not letting a job dictate to you how it's going to work out for you, man, that's the best feeling in the world. So mm -hmm. uh, once again, I congratulate um, every single one of you uh, who are doing a side hustle, who are taking your skills, your God gift ability, and you're doing something with it. You're not scared of it. You're not fearful of it. Most important, you're not letting somebody else dictate to you or tell you that you can't do it. You're not listening to, listening to those dream busters, right? And we all know that they out there. So yeah, I did start, I did start a side hustle while I was working full time. That's, that's awesome. Um, and, and great advice. Um, kind of, we have a question that's not necessarily side hustle related, but I think something we can all relate to when it comes to our professional lives. Do you all ever deal with imposter syndrome in your field? And if so, how do you? <laughs> oh, every single day, every single day. I can't even lie to you. Every single day. I think about it before, before anything, before I post anything, before I write anything, when I'm pitching myself to brands, I think about it. It's one of those things. It's like, I know how good I am, right? I trust myself. I know how good I am. I know I have the talent. I know I can I can put out, but it's just, it's weird sometimes because even the stuff I do now, I never thought I would be doing. The stuff I was doing two years ago, I never thought I'd be doing. Even when I got my first little $50 check from posting content, I never thought I'd be able to do that. And it's like, every time you reach a new level, it's like, you know, you put in the work to get there. You know, you deserve it. You know, you work hard, but it's hard to also, it's hard to also get to a point where it's like you, ex you expect, right? Like, I can never really tell myself I expect to get these things that I get sometimes. It's hard. Uh, and it, it, it breaks me down sometimes. I'm not gonna lie. It, it messes with me sometimes because I put in hours and hours and hours and hours every single day for years straight to get to this point. And then when I get there, I'm like, damn, like for real, like am I supposed to be here? And it's like, yo, well, you just, you just put in three years more for work to get here, and now, now you're questioning it. But it's it's hard to get out of that because uh, but I will say this too. I think I think a little bit of the imposter syndrome is also what keeps me hungry and what keeps me going. I feel like if I get too comfortable and I feel like you know I deserve all of it, and I feel like it's just, you know, I'm gonna get everything I want hundred percent. I don't know if I would be as hungry as I am. I think I need that little bug in the back of my ear, like, yo, I don't know. And that keeps me running toward my goals. That's just me, right? That's like my little piece of like self-motivation. Um, but every single day, and anybody that tells you that they never, ever, ever feel like that, I don't care who they are. Michael Jackson probably had imposter syndrome. I mean, he was, you know what I mean? He right. walked out of street. Right, he probably had imposter syndrome too. Mm -hmm. To this day, Beyonce, I know she probably got it too. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's a sign of being great in a way, right? Knowing that you know you can get to these things, you know that you're part of these things, but you know, it, it's like it's hard to see yourself in those positions sometimes. And, and when it really comes, I don't know. 
So yeah, I, I definitely deal with it. Yeah, um, yeah. Same, Nick, same exact feeling, yeah. same exact thing. I deal with it a lot. Um, and I, I feel the same way. Like if I didn't have like just a little bit of it, I, yeah, just that I have to have it because it kind of keeps me going and keeps me wanting to get better and better. But also I, I do get in my own head sometimes. Like, like you said, I, I probably have gotten like one of my, no, it's my biggest deal yet this year. And I was just like, why me? How did they find me? Yeah, how did they yeah. want me to share this? Like, what? how did they find me? Like, how did this big ass company find me? Like, yep. out of all these other influences, what was it about me that they liked? So it's like, I'm all, I, I'm, I get in my head sometimes, or like you said, I feel like everyone, everyone has a little bit of it. Like even the greatest of the greats, like you said, um, definitely has a little bit. She, always, she, she wrote about it. Um, wrote about having imposter syndrome and how like it took her so long to to put out a book because she just didn't know put anything out because she just didn't know what to yep she didn't think she was good enough mm -hmm. yep. it's real it's real i remember even the most recent example i sent off my first initial draft i sent off my first drafts to uh to Kavassier to do some content and i was sitting there man i i had it i had it sitting in the upload thing for so long yeah. And I was like, man, when I hit submit, I was like, man, I know they about to come back and be like, yo, this is, this is garbage, man. I like, I, and I'm just sitting here, like, I'm already thinking about how I'm going to redo it. Yeah. And like, man, they shouldn't have called me. They shouldn't have emailed me. They're going to want their money back. And the next thing I know, the next, the email the next day, like, oh my God, like, this is, this is perfection. Like, how'd you do it so quick? What? And I, was, I still didn't believe it. I was like, they lying. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's real. It definitely. I, I feel like sometimes um definitely talk it through, talk to somebody, um, yeah. talk it through with friends or you know, people in the industry with in the same industry as you, having that, you know, that accountability partner that you can go to and talk to to help you, you know, get out of your own head and stop having those feelings of self-doubt uh definitely helps me for 100 percent um so you definitely want to have that but yeah happens to me a lot too and i think you know i can speak as a you know a business owner um you know you you never know if you're you never know that you're doing things just right um but i think it comes down to you know removing feelings from it and focus on the facts and the yeah. facts are that you know what you're doing you have experience whether it's years however long um, you know, you've studied it, you've researched it, you've built a community, you have, you know, focus on the facts. And then, you know, the feelings eventually will go away. I think, you know, when I'm dealing with clients, a lot of times, you know, I get stressed, oh, I didn't do this right, or they're not going to like this, they're not going to like that. And it's like, you know, it's not an indictment of who I am. It's just an indictment, you know, it just only speaks to what they may, may like or may not like. It doesn't mean anything about me personally. Right. And so mm -hmm, kind of right. taking myself out of it, I think we're naturally selfish people. And so we focus, you know, we make ourselves the center of everything. But um, what I'm learning is that people really don't care that much. They're not thinking that deeply about, <laughs> about, about you as a person. Yeah. <laughs> They're not forming opinions about you. Right. Um, maybe forming opinion about, you know, the work in context of what they need from you. And so it's all just information. Um, I've learned to kind of, you know, um remove the power from both praise and criticism and it's all just information 
information for me that, you know, yes, they like this thing. No, they didn't like this thing. Let me change it up, you know, whatever. But I think that's how I've been fighting imposter syndrome is remembering my experience, remembering my expertise and, you know, having the confidence to, to say, okay, I just need to make sure that they're happy with the finished product. So if they don't like it, then like, let's see how we can rework it. Um, Right, and they hire you and come to you for a reason. Exactly. So right. you have to think exactly. about that too. Yeah. Exactly. That's I didn't see my work, but they heard good things about my work. Yeah. And so, you know. That's the crazy part. It'd be like, yo, they came to me, so why am I questioning? Right. right. Why, yep. Why am I like, oh, they must think I'm trash, but they email me, what you doing? <laughs> <Right>. like? <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So I want to thank you all so much. Um, those, those are the last of our questions. But you know, if you, I definitely want to hear from our advisors and panelists on any final words, whether whether you know from a financial perspective or just as an as an entrepreneur, um, any words you'd like to leave our audience with this evening. Man, I would say whatever you want to do, and it's, it's going to sound super cliche, but like whatever you want to do. Go for it. Don't make anybody feel like you can't do it, like you can't try it, you can't accomplish it. Go for it. Do whatever you want to do. Start and, and you can make it happen. Like I promise you can make it happen however you want to make it happen. But you got to start. Get out your own head. It's going to be impossible to do for a while, but you got to find a way to get out your own head and just make it happen, man. Yeah, I would say just start. Start where you are. Start with what you, what you have. Um, use your resources, network, um, always be, um, don't be a, opposed to learning, learn as much as you can, learn, take courses, uh, learn from other people, learn from those around you, um, try to get as much knowledge about your craft and about your passion, your business as, as much as you can, um, and, and save those coins. So when you, when you get to a point where you can hire people, um, you don't have to, you know, worry, uh, you know, you can hire someone and bring in that help that you need to get you to the next level. Um, because at a certain point, kind of to Aaron's point, at a certain point, you're kind of going to plateau and you're going to get to this level where you can't do it all by yourself anymore. You need some sort of, some sort of help in some, someone, um, some, some sort of help, some process, um, some sort of help in there to get you to the next level of where, of where you want to be. And definitely set goals for yourself. So set quarterly goals, weekly goals, monthly goals, yearly goals, set goals and try to, try to hit those goals for yourself and just do it. Just put yourself out there, whatever it is you want to do and just do it. The money will come. Trust me. Yeah. I would say um, uh, at the end of the day, thank you uh, once again for the opportunity to share with you all. Um, look here, if you're out there and you're not sure how to start your business, if you're out there, you have a business, you don't know how to truly maximize your efforts in terms of tax strategies, as far as investing, uh, planning uh, your children's education, planning to, to, to uh, even do a second business or even your retirement reach out to my fiduciary advisors, uh, Nathan McKenzie uh, or Shanika McLeod will be excited about helping you, uh, joining uh, what you're doing and helping you get to the next level in terms of your personal finances. So thank you. Absolutely. And I just wanted to say really, just really quick, um, just stay positive and stay motivated. I think that, you know, sometimes we get so down on ourselves, we get in our heads and, you know, block out the naysayers. I mean, this is your journey and 
no one can take that away from you. So you need to stay focused, stay passionate and surround yourself with positive people. I can't say mm. that enough because I feel like, you know, you need the positivity. You need to be uplifted, especially when you hit a low point because it's going to happen. You're, it's going to come. Um, any business owner, anyone who's stepped out on their own, they've hit a low point and they've, they've had someone there to pick them up. And so make sure you support your, you know, surround yourself with positive people that can lift you up and, and pour into you. So, um, good luck. And if we can do anything to help you guys, my fit is here for you. Yes. And one thing I do, um, I do want to say <clears throat> some, some great advice I got is that, you know, most businesses don't fail because they are, you know, not good businesses or, you know, not run by good people. They fail because they're not built on sustainable practices. And so one thing that I've learned is that you have to be, you know, whatever money you are bringing in, you have to be a good steward of it. And so, you know, it doesn't matter if you're making a hundred, two hundred dollars a month or fifty thousand dollars a month. I definitely think that you have to prioritize managing your money well. And so that's why I think, you know, I, I love that my fit is focused on millennials because we are in this space where we, you know, we really are trying to map out our own future. So, you know, definitely book a consultation, you know, start building a relationship where you have someone who's well-versed in finances to, to guide you as you build this business. You don't want to go it by yourself. And especially if you don't know much about money, like it's, it's, it really does pay to have someone help you set your goals and make sure you're on track and hold you accountable to reach them. Really, it does. Absolutely. And if I can just say my, my last bit of words is recognize that if you're an entrepreneur, you're starting a business, our community needs you to survive. Need you to survive. So seek help, it's out there. We need you to, to build your business to be as, as profitable as, as you can be, hire as many people as you can be and, and really start making that mark. And uh, this is just a testament to how business to business relationships are supposed to be. You know, it's, it's not really a quid pro quo, but it's, I can scratch your back, you can scratch yours, but we also can get further together. So yeah. last, last bit I said is find, find a, a professional network that you can work with a community of folks that are gonna support your endeavors um, and also support your business and also reciprocate that in its, in its own right too as well. So um, wonderful conversation. I'm, I'm so excited about just, just the energy that we were able to produce here. So um, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for this opportunity. And, and they're on Facebook, my, fiduci my fiduciary advisor. Um, you know, there's so much financial information being shared. Aaron has his um, weekly live where he talks about financial um, topics. I mean, there's just, I mean, we really want to make that a hub where you can come and get advice, ask questions, you know, connect with the advisors. And so, you know, even if you do um, do your, you know, consultation with the advisors, make sure you're following on Facebook so that you can stay involved in the conversation and, and stay connected. And with that, thank you all so much. Thank you to our panelists. We appreciate you. And we look forward to supporting right. your business. Right. See you all Thank soon. You so Thank you. Peace and blessings. Peace and blessings. And there we have it. I hope you all enjoyed the Wind Down Wednesday. I love the conversation that we had. It was so powerful. Um, they, Like I said, they dropped so many gems. And so I hope you all enjoyed. Hope you all took a lot out of it. Um, and you know, I hope you all take advantage of the complimentary consultations. Like I said before, you know, businesses fail because they are not built on sustainable practices. And one of those practices is managing your money and making smart financial decisions. And so that is an investment I encourage everyone to make.
in themselves and in their business. Um, and of course, before we go, we got to end with the win and a woe. Um, this time it's going to be a little different because, um, you know, I am just focusing on my wins right now. We're at the end of the year. It's been a tough year full of woes. I'm tired of talking about woes. And so my only win um, that I'm going to focus on is the fact that I am still here. My business is still here. Despite everything we went through this year, I am still standing. We are still standing. Um, you know, a lot of crazy, unfortunate things happen to all of us, to so many small businesses. And so I'm just grateful that my business is still standing, that I'm able to do work that I love with clients that I really love and really do the things that I believe in. And so even though, you know, there were times where things got overwhelming, um, I took a little break from the podcast. I took a break from anything that wasn't client related. Um, it was necessary for my own health. And so I'm thankful that I'm able to take the remainder of this year off. Uh, I wanted to take the full month off, but you know, work calls. And so I'm just grateful that I have work that demands, um, demands me through the end of the year. I know that's not the reality for some people and, um, I don't take it lightly. And so if work requires me to, you know, work with work into December, even though I, I didn't want to, um, I'm going to do what it takes, um, while still setting that boundary of taking off, uh, the last two weeks of the year. So, um, yeah, that is, that's what I'm grateful for. That's what I'm thankful for, and I um, can't wait to connect with you all in the new year. I'm excited for what's to come. I'm excited to get out of 2020 and see some greatness happen in 2021. And so I want to thank you all for your support this year. Thank you all for listening, for signing up for consultations, for hiring me, whatever whatever you've done, however you've interacted with me in Leap Innovative Group. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Um, and with that, I will see you next time. Bye.